uh, Jan here. And in this video, I'm going to show you what exactly to do in case your Facebook ads aren't performing as well as they used to right now. And at the end of this video, you're going to have a very clear idea of what exactly to do, what exact steps to take to increase your performance and to get a better return on ad spend, better profitability, et cetera, et cetera, uh, with your ads for your furniture business, right? So first off, uh, who am I? Right? Uh, I'm the managing director of furniturescale.com. And in the last couple of years, we spent around 15 million euros on online ads for clients, helping them to increase their profits, sales, and revenue through online marketing. But that out of the way, let's just get right into it, right? There's basically two major problems that I'm seeing right now that are causing uh, performance issues, right? Uh, first of this, tracking problems, right? Everyone has them. Even if you use a tracking solution, uh, which is a topic for a whole different video, and I'm going to get into that at some point, um, is like there's still a lot of inaccuracy and there's still a lot of unknowns. Everything seems kind of murky and you don't know exactly how much profits are coming from a specific channel, right? So that's part one. And then also because of that, and because of the increased inaccuracy that the Facebook tracking has, the algorithm just can't optimize properly. That's part one. Part two is <clears throat> the user count of Facebook stagnating, right? And the general competition on the platform increasing because of this. Uh, Facebook has been a growth company over the last couple of years. It was always growing 20, 30% year over year, something along those lines. But if you actually look at their US user count, if you look at their user count in countries like Germany, the UK, uh, Denmark even, right? All those places. Um, the user count wasn't actually growing that much. And the majority of the user count that was increasing was actually in developing countries, right? So places like uh, South America, India, Southeast Asia, et cetera, et cetera. So Facebook was generating more users there. Uh, but overall, the, the, um, the countries uh, that aren't developing, right, uh, the essentially first world countries, if you want to call them that, uh, you basically don't have a lot of user growth looking at the last couple of years. And the reason why that is the case is because, well, at some point, everyone just who is interested in being on the network is on the network, right? And then some people, they stop using it, some new ones come over. And overall, it's just a stagnation since a couple of years already. And if you look at the revenue growth and you combine these two factors, it's pretty obvious that competition just has been increasing and will always continue to increase unless something like crazy happens to the economy or something like that. But all factors being equal and in an isolated environment, it would get more and more competitive as long as the company would keep growing. Um, so yeah, that's just that then what you can do to actually fix it. Now, there's a couple of different things. Um, essentially, first, what I'm going to cover is the pieces that need to happen on Facebook itself, right? Where you can check yourself. And then as a second thing, what you need to look at is um, like what other things outside of the platform can I do that will increase my online marketing performance, right? So... First off, uh, what you can fix on a platform specifically is what I'm going to cover. And the first thing is creative testing volume, right? So are there enough creatives being tested in the first place, right? 
So depending on what you're spending, there's certain numbers in terms of how much should be tested at any given point in time. Also, depending on the frequency you're getting in the ad account, et cetera, et cetera. And you need to test quite a bit of volume. The reason why that is the case is because what's happening is those platforms, right? Facebook, Instagram, those are not intent-driven platforms, right? Google, for example, it's an intent-driven platform. Someone types in red sofa and they're going to want to buy a red sofa, right? Versus Facebook, people aren't there to buy things, right? They're just there to catch up with friends, to socialize, to look at like some funny videos, to, I don't know, like see the latest news about politics or whatever it is that they're into. And because of that, what's happening is they're not there to buy things, right? So an ad itself needs to be very attractive in order for, for it to actually gain enough attention and for people to actually take the ad into their span of attention, right? So if the first, for example, if it's a video, if the first couple of seconds are not crazy appealing, um, people aren't going to be very interested in watching the rest of the video, right? And what happens is once they've seen a video, right, or like once they've seen an image, afterwards the image just becomes a lot less attractive for them and it's a lot less likely to gain their attention. And that's why it's so important to test very high volume because only through that you can have always new ads that are actually functional, right? Because otherwise, eventually things are just going to fatigue, right? Things become stale for people. They're not being, quote unquote, entertained. Uh, they're not releasing dopamine when they're seeing ads anymore. And because of that, uh, things just tend to go down. That's part one. Uh, part two is it all, it's also not just how much you're testing, right? It's also the quality of the things you're testing, right? So, one example. Uh, is like you can test a thousand ads, right? And they're all like pretty bad creatives, right? It would be a lot better to invest all of those testing resources instead into one creative that's actually good and that is very likely to perform, right? Because that's not the case. And you're just burning money unnecessarily on doing all of these tests and you're just kind of spinning your wheels, right? Now... <clears throat> Another thing is even if you have a uh, like even if you have a um, tracking solution, right? For example, there's Hyros, there's Wicked Reports. Uh, it depends on your specific situation. We can make a recommendation, right? Sometimes those things aren't even necessary, depending on a couple of different factors. Uh, so you can definitely ask us or cover this in another video. Uh, just paste it in the comments and I'll work it in. But basically. Uh, understanding tracking is so crucial, right? Even if you have a functional tracking solution, at the end of the day, there's always going to be a lot of inaccuracy. It's always going to uh, affect other marketing channels as well in a different way, right? So for example, if you run a Facebook ad, it may be impacting the effectiveness of your Google ads, right? By how much, how to determine it, et cetera, et cetera. It's just something that needs to be understood because if not, what's happening is you're looking at your results and it may look great, right? But then maybe the time frame you're looking at, things were just overtracked, right? So it was just like maybe the pixel fired more events than it should have, right? Or maybe it fired way too little ads, right? And you have barely any control and you can't sleep well knowing that you're controlling your ads properly um, because of this, because it's just completely random and you don't have any control over it otherwise, right? So that's uh, kind of the, I think it's the third part. And then, the next thing is 
optimizing the testing structure based on those things, right? If you have the right metrics, if you're testing enough, if you're testing with high quality, right? How do you actually um, put, the, put it all together in terms of a testing strategy, right? So that's kind of the third thing. Like if there's no good testing strategy in place, it's just doomed to fail, right? Just think about it. Um, like you're testing things that don't make sense. It's just not going to work, right? Um, and for that also, one thing that is really important uh, and something that we're doing internally as well is to leverage software, right? Just because depending on the volume you may require, it's just very, very messy otherwise, right? You're not going to have enough control over things, right? Because like there's all these work, there's all these campaigns that need to be managed. Um, there's all this uh, ads that need to be launched, right? They need to be put together properly, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why we've seen that it's much, much better to leverage uh, some kind of software solution for this, just because essentially, otherwise you just... Like it's kind of pointless, right? Because you're putting all this work in into things that aren't actually necessary to do manually. So that as well. And then as a fourth or fifth thing, it's understanding um, the metrics that aren't just cost per purchase. So knowing exactly, okay, here's how much I can spend on uh, this kind of metric or that kind of metric, right? Like generally, if you have a funnel, there's purchase events. And then in before, there's all these other events that the Facebook pixel can track and can understand. But um, a lot of people, especially in the furniture industry, they just kind of set things up and let them run and they kind of work. But at the end of the day, you're not getting optimal performance, right? Because you're spending quite a bit to get statistical significance on these things, right? For example, if you're selling like luxury sofas, your cost per break, your break even cost per acquisition, right? Your cost per purchase. And maybe like 2,000 euros, $2,000, something like that, right? And just think about it, right? Like how much would you have to spend to actually understand if an ad is working or not? And that's why it's really important to look at these smaller metrics as well. Um, now, there's a lot of them and it gets quite complex. And that's essentially another reason to leverage software for this. Uh, just because otherwise it just becomes really, really messy, right? Like it's all these ads that are live that shouldn't be live. They're just pulling down the account. And you're just spending much more in testing than you would have to otherwise, right? So at the end of the day, you're not getting the profits that you could be getting as a max with your market position, with your kind of products, et cetera, et cetera. Now, this is specifically for Facebook, right? A lot of these things, they actually do apply to other networks, right? If it's a social media network, you can pretty much apply the same principles. At the end of the day, variables, they're always fairly similar, right? Now, <clears throat> the next thing is branching into other channels, right? So diversifying outside of Facebook. It's generally not a good idea to be very reliant on any specific platform, even if it's two platforms. The more diversified you can be, the better, just because those platforms, they're private networks, right? It's quite like it's like a nightclub or like a bar or something or a golf club, right? Like a golf club, they can just kick people out if they don't want to have them in there, like if someone misbehaves or something like that. Right? And with Facebook, it just, you can imagine it like a really, really big golf club, essentially. <laughs> right? So you have like 50,000 members in a specific golf club, right? And then like 
if if it looks like someone is kind of like misbehaving, they're just going to kick them out because they have enough members anyway. So right? that's kind of the position that like a normal company has with Facebook, unless you like Apple or Amazon or something like that. Um, it's not going to be any different for you, honestly, right? So there's always that risk of like those private networks just shutting you down, right? And then you can't advertise anymore. Like there used to be workarounds for this, but I feel like the window is definitely closing on it. So uh, definitely makes sense to be diversified just to have that extra layer of safety, right? Now, <clears throat> what are these networks, right? What are the networks that actually make sense for this industry? Uh, Pinterest uh, directly comes to mind, right? It's also pretty similar to Facebook. It's very discovery-based. Um, TikTok is great and probably has the most long-term potential, honestly. Um, the content on there is very short-lived. So generally, if you have uh, like a creative and on Facebook, it would last like a month or something. On TikTok, it would last two weeks, right? And Facebook is already crazy short-lived, right? So you need even more volume with TikTok. But it's a generally a good opportunity because, well, the user count keeps growing and it's growing like crazy. It's actually gaining a lot of the users that uh, Facebook was having, right? Or Instagram was having because it's, uh, it's slowly penetrating those older demographics as well, step by step. And because it's happening, uh, generally advertisers are lagging behind a little bit, right? It's called, it's a principle called organizational myopia, right? It's like if you're branching out to TikTok and you don't have an expert that's obviously good at it, right? It's like we actually work with them and then it just takes forever to kind of get the ball rolling. And yeah, there's so many problems with that just because. Like it takes a long time for organizations to move. You have to free up resources for it as well if you want to do it in-house. And just a big pain to do it in-house, right? Because like you need like a full pipeline of content, basically, so you can test like all these different things all the time, right? So <clears throat> generally, though, again, it's a really good opportunity if you're looking at the user count. If you're looking at how much is being spent per user on advertising, it's much less on TikTok currently. I think it's an eighth or a seventh of what is being spent on the Facebook networks, Facebook and Instagram, right? So it's an obviously good thing to get into potentially, right? So that being the case, another thing that can be looked into is email marketing as well, right? Uh, so just generally amping up your retention efforts, SMS marketing as well, depending on what jurisdiction you're in, maybe you can do it, maybe you can't do it. Uh, but it's a good lever because you can squeeze out more revenue per user because of that. In return, you can spend more on a user and it just kind of becomes this upward spiral, right? Because it's just working. Because um, <clears throat> you can spend more per user, right? You can spend more than, uh, than other advertisers on the platform. You're outspending them, and then generally anything with online marketing, it's pretty much winner takes all at the end of the day. So, in case you need help in terms of what exactly to prioritize, um, how to implement these kind of things, right? If you don't have the capacity in house to cover those things, and generally capacity with online marketing, it's very hard to build uh, in house because, well, it's just a pretty new field. There's not really any university degree someone can have in online marketing and then they suddenly become like this great media buyer or they become this great creative strategist, for example. Um, there's not really any sort of like education that covers it, right? So the talent pool is fairly small at the end of the day. 
Um, and yeah, in case you're interested in like collaboration or also just figuring out what to prioritize, right? Um, happy to have a chat about this. Um, just head over to our website, uh, furniture-scale.com. And there you can apply for a free call where we assess if we can help you. If we think we can help you, we're going to give you the plan. And yeah, see you on the other side. Bye-bye.